Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and our 301st episode of the podcast. What a record. Uh, you know, so, you know, first and foremost, thank you for tuning into the show and, you know, showing your support and slapping down those five stars. It really uh, does a lot for other people looking for a Star Wars podcast. It does us sort of the favor of making this show stand out in the search, giving us those, uh, those relevant keywords and such and uh, helping with the algorithm so that helps a lot today we are diving into the original episode 9 duel of fates script bullet point form uh this is the original episode 9 that was supposedly written by colin trevorrow this is you know take this with a grain of salt nothing here is confirmed but we've got our good friends kirk and blake in the escape pod to chat all about this so let's dive right in Well, hello there. Chut, chut. Chut, chut. And uh, joining us from a galaxy far, far away is Kirk as well. Hello there. (laughs) Hello from a galaxy down under. Hello from tomorrow. <laughs> um, that's right. That's right. Uh, so this is uh, this is a subject that's sort of been on the roster, I think, for for some people to kind of hear about, uh, talk about, you know, just digest. Um, you know, it's been floating around for a while, and uh, you know, today is our chance to talk about it. The last time that this podcast ever had any kind of uh, dedicated subject matter towards this leaked script was the 24th of january in 2020 that was the 29th or so episode of the podcast so it's been a while it's been a hot minute since then we've done all of the clone wars talk subseries, the commentary tracks we've had uh two seasons of the mandalorian uh that being the second and the third one uh and you know we've had book of boba fett ahsoka obi-wan kenobi so many more things so it's been a while since we've really gotten into this um, but uh, this is really sort of the capstone to a, tri- a trilogy of sort of themed episodes that we've been doing le- recently on the podcast for fun. Uh, two weeks ago, we did one about George Lucas's original sequel plans, which was found in the Star Wars Archives book written by Ta- Paul Duncan, published by Tazjin. And uh, that was the first part to a larger subseries that we'd like to expand at some point by you know, going through conversations in that interview that takes place through that book. Uh, the second episode was a week ago, and we sort of had fun making fun of a esteemed Star Wars author. I shouldn't call him esteemed, but, you know, he's written some Star Wars books. His name's Alan Dean Foster, and he sort of did a fun little episode nine pitch back when episode eight hit theaters. 
and uh, you know his pitch really sucked. So, <laughs> so we had fun ripping that apart. Hey, speak for yourself. I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this week we are going through Colin Trevorrow's episode nine, and this is a little more on the official rails of things. Uh, this is what would have actually happened. And again, none of this is confirmed. This is um, this is all leaked material through the internet. It blew up after the rise of Skywalker hit screens. Uh, this was the original director. So, you know, brief history bit for everybody out there. Uh, when Disney decided to do the sequel trilogy way back when with George's outline at the helm uh, around all the confusion in uh, sort of getting that story off the ground they eventually came up with a plan to hire three different directors for the three different films episode seven would have been handled by jj abrams episode eight was going to be ryan johnson and episode nine was going to be colin trevorrow which was the capstone to the sequel trilogy uh everything sort of went according to plan at least for the most part up until the death of carrie fisher and that's when things really kind of took a turn and uh, spiraled a bit downwards. The Last Jedi was not received well by fans. Uh, the loss of Carrie Fisher. Uh, numerous sort of things kept that script in motion. You know, there were just constant changes and whatever else. We don't really know. Uh, but what we do know is that things didn't go so well with Colin Trevorrow and Luke's film because there was a bit of a separation there. Colin decided to go off and do his own thing, finish Jurassic World, which great movies you know great trilogy uh he's a good film director good writer i think you know he makes good stuff and uh yeah it's too bad we didn't get to see his movie but this is supposedly the leaked script uh we're not going to go through the full script although you can find it online i'm going to put a link in the description below and uh, we're just going to go through some bullet points some of the concept artwork that's been done up for this script has also been revealed i don't know if these are found in the behind the scenes for the rise of skywalker book i'm pretty sure some of them are uh, but these are artworks that are sort of based on that, uh, some of those earlier drafts that that Colin had for his version of this movie. And uh, keep in mind, everything about this script is sort of going off of the idea that this is a sequel to The Last Jedi. You know, this is, uh, this is a completely new, you know, and different alternate sort of reality that somebody could have made a Star Wars movie for. So we'll just kind of go down the list one at a time choose you know what you know what, what what's different what do we like what do we hate about this uh just kind of like you know break it down kind of thing uh so that being said i guess we can start off with bullet point number one ray would have a double bladed lightsaber that included luke's cracked blue lightsaber I guess uh, the, the hilt, I guess, maybe Anakin, Luke's hilt, maybe the kyber crystal could have been the same, uh, but she would have wielded a double bladed lightsaber. What do you guys think of that? I think that's what we're all originally expecting. Because <laughs> <laughs> she used a staff. She already was trained in staff fighting stance. It makes sense. It right. would, yeah, it seemed like a natural direction. And I do just want to say that this is the first time I've seen any of this stuff or some I've kind of like looked into this at all. So this is uh, actually pretty pretty neat looking at this, what could have been an alternate take on episode nine. Mm. Yeah, Kirk, what do you think about that? What do you, what do you think about the double-bladed lightsaber, Ray? So what I was saying is that I think this is like the perfect analogy for how episode nine turned out. And I don't want to trash episode nine too much. We'll save that maybe for another day. But I feel that episode eight, so The Last Jedi, 
set up so well that Ray was going to have a double bladed lightsaber and she, because it split and she also had her staff abilities and everything on Jakku beforehand but then they just lazily decided to patch up Luke's lightsaber and then give it to her right at the end and we didn't even see a double bladed lightsaber mm-hmm. so yeah it would have been cool to see it the everyone raves over the evil ray double bladed right. lightsaber that we got for like nut, one shot the nutcracker right. saber the nutcracker saber yeah but everyone loves that design you know and it's like I, it would have been I think it's like it's almost a bit of a, a, a taunt in our face that's because like it's all a dream sequence right it's like oh this is what in the real ca- in the in the JJ's movie right it's like it's like this is the evil version of like what could have been mm-hmm. right but it's almost like a slap in the face to like everyone who like likes the idea that Ray with a double blade of light Sarah's like oh yeah this is what could have been but it's like she's a villain you know right. <laughs> it's like dude it's like Bastila interesting yeah because Bastila turns bad in KOTOR and then she goes from a, a blue double bladed saber to a red one. Oh, interesting okay yeah I, I yeah I, don't, I, I like I like the idea a lot you know maybe we can do, let's do a thumbs up thumbs down system like we did with the deleted scenes I like this better thumbs up I think it's three thumbs up all around for this Ray double blade lightsaber. Oh, yeah. idea. Five, five, five thumbs up. Five thumbs up. Yeah, there two, we go. Two thumbs for me, one for each blade. <laughs> Six <Nice>. thumbs up. <laughs> Three Pablo Pudos. I can't believe I I can't believe that like they like looking at these these concept art. I, I can't believe they didn't do this. It's so obviously done, and then they just decided to put a band aid around the original lightsaber. Yeah, like, I know. Hey, I. Hate it. The way I looked at it is like the Kyber crystal even split in two, so it was like perfect. And as soon as that happened, when I was watching it in theaters, uh, the Last Jedi, I thought, oh yeah, she's gonna have a double bladed lightsaber now. Yeah, but no. I missed the split crystal part altogether. I'm gonna put the link for the concept art in the description below as well for those people listening. They can flick through. Uh, this particular one with Ray's double bladed lightsaber is pretty close to the top. I think it's like the third one down on the list here, fourth maybe. Fourth, I think, yeah. Yeah, fourth, yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I just assumed that's what was going to happen from her using her staff so much in the first mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Like a natural direction. So here's the second one. Coruscant would have played a role, which uh, mysteriously having not showed up at all through the sequel trilogy, and no mention of it either, uh, it would have been filled with scavengers and been home to the First Order. So much like the original trilogy how Coruscant played the role of uh, the Imperial HQ, mm-hmm. whatever they started calling it during that time period. Uh, it, it, they would have taken that planet back, you know, the First Order, and uh, they would have sort of set up shop on there as if it was sort of the main hub, you know, once again, right. you know, the jewel of the galaxy sort of thing. Makes sense if they're Imperial, they go back there again. Yeah. I think... For me, it just it'd be cool to see Coruscant again. Yeah, it this, would. This yeah. Period. Yeah. Because we did we, I guess the closest we got is Canto Bite, right? As far as like a city. That was the Last Jedi. You, you mean? I'm well, sorry, I just mean in the the sequels in general. Well, I guess Hosnian Prime, which is that planet that they blew up, or that yeah. the Repu- that the, the New Republic was on, that was the closest thing I to Coruscant that they that they sorry, got. I, but... I wasn't including that because our heroes don't really go there. Right. Yeah. And it's like one shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm a big thumbs up for this. You know, like, um, I like Horson a lot. I think this would have p- 
played a good content. My biggest problem with the sequels is like there's not enough connective tissue between all the other six movies, right? And I think uh, a familiar planet would have at least sort of brought us back. You know, it's like brought us back to ground zero. This is where it started. This is where this is where people who went to the theater in 1999 and watched the Phantom Menace, you know, introduced to the Jedi Order and introduced to the Senate and the, you know, the core of the galaxy first time for for all of that and and i think it's kind of crucial to almost bring the story back there again yeah it would kind of rhyme with revenge of the sith a bit too right but it'd yeah be, uh towards the the beginning of revenge of the sith yeah yeah it's like the, the the political core for all of the this stuff right so it's yeah it would have would have been would have been pretty cool yeah what do you think of that kirk yeah, it would have been awesome. I think another missed opportunity. Come to think of it now, in the entire sequel trilogy, the only original planet that was shown was Tatooine right at the end of episode nine. Yes. I don't think I don't think there was any other original planets shown. They, they just um, made, made up all, all, all new ones throughout. Yep. Sadly, I think you, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Which is too bad. Yeah. I think that is the case as yeah. well. So and, thumbs up. All and even this. though... Yeah, even though like I'm I'm keen for us to not go back to Tatooine again because I think the shows have kind of exhausted Tatooine a little That's bit. That's the one they picked. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, well, why not? Why not like Endor? Why not like I don't know any anything else like that, yeah. that's Wait, out there? Oh, they almost went to Endor, right? In because of the Death Star. In which movie? Uh, in Rise of Skywalker, because they we need to find the. Oh uh, the yeah, Star. well it's like in the same system, I guess, because like yeah. Endor's a a moon, so yeah. you know that whatever. That's what I was wondering. Is it it's on another moon, or is that? I don't know. I think it, whatever the closest big big planet was there to take the debris, <laughs> you know, like yeah, it would have been pretty sweet though if they did go to Endor and it was like that. That would have been the remnants, right? It would have made the, sense from the trailer. Yeah, I think that was in the trailer, right? Well, it's like you know when the, when they're yeah yeah the Death Star remains are in the trailer. And I assume that must have been Endor. I I assume so too. There was no trees around, but it's like when you see it in the big ocean, Endor we know has large bodies of water. You know, it would have made sense if like that was yeah. yeah. It's like why couldn't they admit that Endor? You know, like I guess because they, they wanted those horse things and those uh, people to show up. Be there too. They have different. They just, they're like, no, you know what? We don't want Ewoks in our movie. Instead of horses, how cool it would have been if it was on Endor, so they had Blurks, like Ewok Adventures. That would have been so much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Blurks on top of the Star Destroyer at the That'd very end pretty, of the movie? Yeah. Instead of those horses? I mean, I mean, okay, the horses do look pretty, the pretty cool. <laughs> what are the Fathers? The yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. No. Okay. I'm. I'm a big thumbs up for this Coruscant thing. That that would have been cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh. Here's another one. Ray, Finn, and Poe would have stolen a star destroyer ship. Uh. This looks like so the the concept art which Ray has her double bladed lightsaber out looks like that would have been part of that sequence in this script. Uh. There's stormtroopers chasing them in the scene. They're uh, Foe and uh, <laughs> Foe. Uh, uh, Finn and Poe are wearing stormtrooper armor. It looks like. And uh, they're kind of being run down a corridor. So it looks like they're storming the bridge for some sort of first order Star Destroyers. That would have been a kind of cool sequence. You know, action is action. Um, Not to say that this is better than any other action that we got in Rise of Skywalker. I may have preferred this over that Pasana speeder chase where they fly now. But they fly now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, hey, um, that's a cool idea. 
Uh, yeah. To be fair to Poe Dameron, he had not watched the prequels probably before he was in this movie. He didn't. He didn't improvise that line, did they? I, have no I don't idea. think so. I remember um, watching an interview where, um, uh, oh my goodness, his Finn, Finn, John Boyega. He's um, uh, he was he was commenting on the script, and he was like halfway through the interview, he's like didn't you guys like watch the prequels or something? It's <laughs> like, no, no, no. <laughs> do fly it. <laughs> see, now I want, I want to see John Boyega in like an actual Star Wars movie, you know, like not to throw everyone under the bus who loves the sequels or anything like that. But I just, you know, I just like, you know, I want, I want to see him in like Star Wars content that isn't super divisive. If you know what I mean? Just like something that's yeah. like, something something like well respected like like the mandalorian right like everyone loves the mandalorian like i want to see him in a show like that or i want to see him in a movie that's like done by people that you know really know star wars well can do his character good service because i feel like his character really got disserviced in finn i think episode seven it was okay and then afterwards yeah just kind of went went downhill off yeah i agree uh kylo ren uh would have been the main villain and this is a very standout it's a very short but standout note because the main villain of the rise of skywalker is palpatine and uh this yeah, movie established very early that's established right away yeah. right away like within the first 10 minutes actually sorry i think it's within the first seven minutes you get the opening crawl you get kylo ren on mustafar which they don't really clarify as mustafar you get him taking that holocron through this nebula finding exegol encountering palpatine having a conversation with him and that's like that's like that's like right out of the gate you know it's like you're so bam 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 like like whenever i watch that movie and i've seen it a couple times i just get the most rushed feeling ever like this is a star wars movie that's designed for like the new generation who have just like no patience you know like it's like just overstimulating shot after shots like they're trying to cram in a three-hour story into a two-hour movie or something like that that's all of jj's movies oh man it's too much they just sometimes it works like i really like super eight i love mission impossible three does jj yeah i didn't know that i love that uh i loved um i love star trek into darkness that's one of my favorite sci-fi action movies and the opening sequence of that like it takes its time it's a good like 10 minute opening sequence just on one planet but this one, yeah, I think it's because they try to undo a lot of what kind of came before it so quickly and tell a new story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's too much. Yeah, it, it is too much. Yeah. And I feel like um, making Kylo Ren the main villain of this movie could have fixed a lot of issues. You know, like from the beginning, we begin to learn his character is obsessed with for like forcibly wanting the dark side. And like, this is a new thing for Star Wars, right? Like this isn't, like I know people love a good redemption story. And at the same time, you do need, like, you know, with Star Wars sort of stories in mind, like these stories do need to be, as Dave, you know, said what George says, like these stories need to be hopeful. They can't just be depressing, you know, dark stuff. Um, but we got Broom Boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, uh, what I'm saying is like, I think it makes sense for the character to do that, to fully commit. You know, at the end of The Last Jedi, he had fully committed. You know, he was like ready to kill Luke Skywalker. He was ready to essentially, you know, kill Rhea if she hadn't gotten away with, you know, he tried to take the, she tried to take the lightsaber back and he wanted her to join him. And if that wasn't going to be the case, you know, maybe they would have 
maybe he would have killed her or something. I don't know, right? Um, it's interesting because like the, that was kind of the whole thing of the first movie was he wanted to commit, but he couldn't. That's why he killed him. His dad. Yeah, to try and dig himself deeper. He want he wanted to get deeper, right? And that's that's I think what separates him in such a good way compared to Anakin Skywalker. Like Anakin Skywalker joins the dark side with good intentions in mind, mm-hmm. right? And that's what makes him almost like a relatable character. Something something there's something really twisted about Kylo Ren and Ben Solo, and that's sort of the feeling that I think they wanted people to have. Is like this is a guy who wants something bad, knows that it's bad. But he's wanting it because he's angry. He want he wants it because he's like he's upset with people, and he's just he's just you know he's a, a furious kind of personality with no no temper you know no uh, no patience. He's got all the temper in the world. He's one of those like characters. So in a different way, he's relatable. But you know he's like he's like driving himself downwards into this hole. And I feel like this is kind of the last step that he would have needed to take to be that character that we needed him to be. And from the get-go of episode nine, you don't really get that. Like, you, you kind of get him sort of in this weird state of like, oh, so you're the real bad guy behind everything. Why don't I just kill you and take everything? And then he kind of just right away is like, oh, oh, you can give me, you know, a lot more. Okay, cool. Like, I'll say one thing I didn't like with, the, with nine was the Palpatine just told him he was all the voices in his head. Yeah. Which... Makes you wonder then why Kylo would want to stick around. Well, exactly. Right? Like, I'm just like, this is the guy that's been messing with you all these years? Like, kill him! Like, (laughs) what are you doing? (laughs) You know? Like, um, I don't know. I just, like, I've always kind of struggled with that. I've always struggled with bringing back Palpatine. I feel like it messes with the whole Chosen One prophecy. I feel like it messes with the whole original idea behind what they would have done with the sequels. And I think looking at what this chapter in that original spirit would have tried to do is take the take a character that was originally designed to want to be a villain and make him the villain right yeah like he finally gets what he wants and maybe it's not what he would expect it to be. yeah go kind of that route. yeah exactly because like the main villain of the first two movies is sort of snoke right like snoke is using ben in yeah. episode seven and then in episode eight when he kills snoke he, he is set up to be that next villain right and you kind of get that with the finale of episode eight yeah, so it makes sense that he would be the main villain in, in episode nine, but they took that away from the character and they just brought back Palpatine. It's like, all right, well, let's try and make relevance of the story and connect it to all the other movies. But I don't know. I, I just really disagree with that. Uh, Kirk, what, 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 are your, what are your thoughts on this? Well, and, and to add to that, they I remember the marketing back in the day for this uh, for episode nine was that all of this was like revealed in Fortnite before the movie <laughs> even came out. That's right. And then, and then like you could, and then like there was, they they even released the, the entire like opening sequence like a day after the movie came out on on YouTube. I remember watching it um, like the moment I got back from the theater because we were actually, I know like the day after I got back from the theater, the whole way when he enters into the temple and, and the voices are happening. So yeah, I think, uh, I don't know what, what, what went on obviously they wanted to bring back a uh, legacy character to kind of push the marketing for the film mm-hmm. um, and get people a bit more interested into it but I remember still being shocked when they sliced Snoke in half halfway through episode 8 and I thought that was an awesome twist because he wasn't going to be the the emperor clone that would carry through actually no pun intended like a clone of the original emperor character and, and what his involvement was for the 
first original trilogy. Mm-hmm. So it made would have made much more sense that Kylo Ren was completely this psychotic psychiatrist best client uh money maker <laughs> type of a character yeah in episode nine but yeah he kind of just uh he comes like oh it's old guy's back i kind of like ray so i'm just gonna try and uh get rid of him but kind of work with him type yeah of thing. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah and uh it's not to say and here's the thing like i i didn't mind it's not that i hated the redemption story of ben solo right it's that i just prefer that they would have made him the villain Right. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna be, I'm gonna go big thumbs up on this one. Huge, huge thumbs up. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen uh, something different than the controlling person in the shadows again. I feel like it's been done in Star Wars already. Yeah. So it could have been cool to see something different. Yeah. Uh, Kylo Ren would have spent time on Mustafar haunted by Luke's force ghost. This is an interesting one. Uh, this is, you know, it's sort of like JJ's film. We did see Mustafar at, at the beginning of, the, of his movie. Uh, it seems that in this version of the story, Mustafar would have returned as well. Uh, there is concept art for this particular scene. Although on the website that we are looking at for this concept art, it doesn't look like they've added it. So I will try and find the one that I'm going to refer to and put it down below in the description box. But I've seen a concept art of Luke Skywalker grabbing Kylo Ren's lightsaber blade as a force ghost. And it's a pretty cool image. So, you know, hopefully... um, Hopefully you guys can uh, kind of Google it and find it on your end as, as well. But uh, but it, it's it, it's a pretty sweet image and and it, it sort of depicts this moment. But I think kind of the bigger point here is like I like the fact that Mustafar may have been sort of a place that Kylo Ren goes to because we know that you know from the Darth Vader comic books from uh, Obi Wan Kenobi the series you know from uh, from from Rogue One uh, you know it's it's sort of an established thing that Vader's castle or Fortress Vader, you know, is sort of a uh, kind of like a, a, a spot of dark side resonance, you know, that Vader goes to sort of saturate himself in anger, you know, like he's to where he became Vader, essentially, sort of, right? Like he, he really sort of burned alive on the shores of the lava rivers uh, to be who he is. And uh, that's where he builds his fortress right his foundation and uh, i think it makes a lot of sense for kylo ren's character who's obsessed with this guy to go to his kind of favorite spot in the galaxy to hang out you know just to kind of be who he is right and um embrace the uh, the dark side a little bit more and to have luke's ghost to show up in all that you know and kind of haunt him really delivers on that line that he gives him at the end of the last Jedi, where he goes see you around kid and he just disappears mm-hmm. like i've always, I always liked that a lot and when i when i watched the movie in theaters um not that i thoroughly enjoyed the movie but like you know i i do remember smiling when i heard that line i was like this is gonna be cool this yeah. is gonna be interesting because you're thinking similar to like ben and luke and like empire strikes back yeah but instead it would be ben don't do it 
Yeah, well, also don't like use drugs, Ben. Not not so long ago, like we were when we were talking about uh, George Lucas's original sequel plans. We were with the the topic of Cade Skywalker came up. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. About. Which is in the in the old EU continuity, there was a character named Cade Skywalker, and uh, there's a big Wikipedia page on this guy. He is like a in the far future beyond you know like a hundred plus years after Return of the Jedi. This guy is like the great great grandson of Luke Skywalker, kind of thing, right? And he's like addicted to death sticks and drugs and he's like a bounty hunter or something but like a super messed up guy the he's punk like rebel kid yeah. yeah yeah punk you know he's like a he's a punk you know as he's like he sort of lives the rough life right but he's the last skywalker in the lineage and um there's a whole like kind of force ghost kind of like uh what do you call that interaction um it, uh in it, it like when you uh, you know, like they have them in the How I Met Your Mother all the time when they like, like in flashback sequence or something. No, when flashbacks? they no, when they like interfere with someone's like, what do you, oh, what's that called again? I'm, I'm blanking on the name. It's like when when, when you like have a ah oh, shoot, <laughs> you know, like a meeting of people that like you ambush somebody and go like you need to stop. Oh, intervention. Yeah, yes, yeah. intervention. Yeah, it was like a force ghost intervention with like Yoda and like Ben and Luke and Qui-Gon or whatever. And like they were all like standing around. I think Anakin was a force ghost too to hit this guy. And like they were all like, Cade, listen. <laughs> you know, they like sat him down and you know, scolding him. So, I, I, you know, I really like the whole like deliverance on, you know, the, the, the Luke's force ghost coming after Ben Solo a lot. I, I thought that was that would have been. Trying one last time, trying to save him, you know. That, that, that would be cool. It would be the first case of like force ghost trolling, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the second case. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure if I w would want to see that, but I guess actually uh, thinking back to the episode eight when he said when Luke's kid like see you around kid, that was that was a pretty good moment. So I I I think it'd be interesting as long as it would kind of serve a purpose. I'm not too sure what Kylo would be doing on Mustafar. I feel like. I wouldn't want to say like 10 minutes of him just chilling being like, yeah, this is my holiday spot. You know, <laughs> come, see my, yeah. come see my house too. I'm like, oh no. I was I thinking like a base of operations, you know? I think they did that in the Lego movie yeah. or whatever, didn't yeah. they? The Lego Star Wars? Maybe, maybe. See, I picture oh, it as like a moment so. where when he was like kind of in episode seven when he had that moment with the helmet. Like it was a very brief moment, but it was, it was like a small sequence. And he was just sort of talking to the helmet. And I sort of envision that a scene like that, maybe about the same length, a bit longer with the Force Ghost intervention thing, but he's like on Mustafar when this is going on, but he's doing the same thing, right? I kind of picture it like that, you know, something similar, but. I think yeah, funny. I can, I can kind of say that. I think it'd be funny if he was like, a, what we think of as like a real ghost, like moving stuff around. So you can never find anything. It's never really leaves it. <laughs> Where's my wallet? I put it right there. It's like just him <laughs> going crazy on his own. It'd be funny. And then it's just like it just cuts to like Luke like putting all this stuff using the force. Uh, <laughs> it's it's like him. Luke just screwing with him. Yeah. It, it just it's just twenty minutes of like Kylo Ren trying to find his lightsaber and Luke just like hidden it. Trying to get close, Luke just floats it away somewhere else. Yeah. Where's my ship? <laughs> it was right here. It's like in the lava river floating down. Um, 
Here's another one. Kylo Ren would have found a Sith holocron with a hologram message from Emperor Palpatine. Emperor Palpatine. Who would relay a message meant for Darth Vader. The message would say to meet an ancient Sith teacher on a distant planet. So this is sort of more of a story hook, if anything. This is um, uh, this is related to a uh, bullet point later, I believe. This kind of sounds like the Wayfinder. This is, uh, yeah, it's similar to the Wayfinder in the sense that, okay, yeah, there's like a Sith holocron. Maybe it is the same holocron that he found on on Mustafar in JJ's version. Maybe it's like these two kind of ideas are connected, right? Um, but yeah, it would have been a message for Darth Vader. It's like, okay, you got to find this ancient Sith teacher on a distant planet. Maybe the holocron would have had a map to take him there, right? Darth Vader to this, this guy, this teacher. And... I would like just growing off of the, I don't know, my imagination now, but uh, it would have been cool if this was somehow connected to his death in episode six. You know, it would have been cool to like, this is like a part of the contingency plan. You know, right. it's like, yeah. okay, if I die, this is, this is like what you have to do, you know, to keep the Sith legacy going. You know, it's very sort of almost unpalpatine like to think of. You know his own his own death, I guess, because he's. But it's canon that he did. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it, it kind of in that sense it makes sense, right? But I don't know. How, how do you guys? How, what do you think? What do you guys think of this? I think this is going a little bit too much into like a, uh, the the problem that the original episode nine or, or the one that we saw was. I feel like it's too much like go see this message and then the person is directed to go do something else and then uh i'm not sure I, I feel like i have to like properly read through the the script however close it is to what it was supposed to be mm -hmm. but i feel that there's just a little bit too much uh following around and not much uh, happening like the stories aren't too connected with these what's happening with ray finn and poe and what's happening with kylo at, at the moment but yeah it, it's hard it's hard to tell but i can see how it might it might work but it could also kind of drag a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in the concept art, there is a, a piece of art featuring Kylo Ren with his lightsaber out. And the subcaption is Kylo inside a cave on Remnicor, as Tor Valum describes it, a virgins in the force. Now, I don't have a bullet point on our list here that talks about Tor Valum, but uh, the hologram that this bullet point is referring to is referring to a character called Torvalum, which is, he's, um, I don't know if he's quite, like he's not Sith necessarily, but he's almost like perhaps somebody that the, the, that the Sith have gone to for information or wisdom over the last couple hundred years. He's a very sort of dark-sided version of like maybe the Bendu or something, you know? And uh, I remember reading on a, from a different site that kind of reported on the full script um, about this interaction and uh, this Torvalum character would have been a very sort of creepy guy alien species ancient species um, sort of providing some sense of wisdom to him and uh, Kylo Ren was supposed to go there and uh, I guess because you know he follows he follows the the message left behind for Vader and uh, I believe he kills this guy you know out of like some sort of like vision, like some sort of like Luke Skywalker Dagobah cave moment that he has, and it sort of goes terribly wrong. 
and he gets really angry and frustrated and he, he just beheads this dude uh and it, like, at some point when we go through like the full script like you know i really want to do a full read through of this thing uh that i have looked at it and that scene is in there with tor Vellum. so you know if you guys do have the pdf up for for the full script it is kind of there towards the the three-quarter section uh yeah i was reading through this uh, and i think i just found it elsewhere as well but apparently kylo was supposed to get really mad because similar to how luke went to that cave in episode five he kylo found like darth vader in there and similar to how luke did but this time like kylo would lose that battle and then yeah he'd get really angry and take it out onto this tall vellum looking crab creature and I think uh, the only part I like about that scene is Kylo fighting Darth Vader. The rest of it, I don't. Uh, I don't think I'm. Uh, I would be too keen on another Sith entity like being introduced and then just to be removed five minutes later, type of type of thing. So, but I think it would be really cool to see uh, Darth Vader, another Darth Vader fight scene of some kind uh, in, in in that cave. That that would have been kind of neat to see. I right. Would say from a story about Kylo that does seem like it could be a really cool revelation moment for him because he emulates Darth Vader so much. Mm -hmm. I think that that could have been a, a really cool character progression for him. Yeah. Here, I, I actually found uh, found the dialogue here. It's on page 48 of the script. And I'll just I'll just read like a like a quick here, like a couple lines here. Uh, so Tor Valum. So, so Kylo Ren enters the Remnicor, you know, this fortress where Tor Valum kind of exists, I guess, where he, you know, is in this like deep voice, kind of like, you know, in the, you know, in the background or whatever. Reveal yourself. Like Kylo Ren ignites his lightsaber, like a reflex action, very similar to how he does in episode nine with Palpatine. And Kylo Ren says, I seek the Sith master Tor Valum. I am no master. The mountain of junk moves, and from it, as if disguised within, comes Tor Valum, 7,000 years old, an alien of unknown origin, spinely and tense, sinew and muscle pulled tight. But I was once called Tor Valum. Kyla remains steadfast, dominant. You trained Darth Plagueis? That name means nothing to me. Kylo's lightsaber flashes in anger, settling inches from Torvalum's taut, leathery skin. Does your life... I'll stop there. That's just like a tidbit for like kind of the interaction between these two characters. You read that section because he made Charles Plagueis, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I was like, that's cool. I don't know. I mean, like... I definitely, um, I agree with you, Kirk. Like, I like you in the sense, like, I don't want this to be a whole quest that Kylo Ren has to go on to find this guy. I think it would have been a pretty quick sort of, you know, he's got the directions as where to go, what to, who to meet. And I think that kind of the focus would probably be on that guy and uh, sort of what would have followed. But do you like that sort of, you know, like what went down, you know, what goes down there? Do you like all that compared to... You know what we did get with Palpatine, the reveal that Snoke has kind of been a puppet that whole time. It's a very sort of similar kind of moment, I guess, where he seeks out someone who can give him something he's looking for, whether it be wisdom or power or whatever. I think it's cool. Concept. I feel like the, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I feel like I 
would would have preferred to see maybe a little bit more backstory of who Torvalum is because looking at this stuff here he's just just like I'm Torvalum and then Kyla asks you know did you train Darth Plagueis and Torvalum says that's a story for another time pretty much yeah <laughs> and, 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 and then he just like you know he, he's dead so yeah I feel like it just would have been a, it would have been a bit wasted but it would have been nice to maybe see I don't know this guy with Plagueis and then with Palpatine as a kid or, or whatever in the past but who, who knows I think it's just too quick to introduce this big new character and then uh, he just hit the curb yeah I, what yeah. do you think it is Blake no I agree with Kirk and then on top of that I I don't like the idea of just repeating what happened in episode 8 where there's this really strong Sith character who's then just off so easily hmm so you don't want it to be like a Snoke thing where it's like, oh, it's a shock that he just got killed. Yeah, and I talk about this guy's if if this character is this Sith who's been around for like hundred thousand years, and he dies so easily to this punk kid who shows up. I don't, I don't know, defeats the whole purpose of the character existing in my mind. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I can I can see that being a yeah almost too similar, I guess, right? Yeah, because because I guess there was real no real explanation. Other, I mean, I mean, th th this is taken out of, out of context, of course, but like maybe this script would have had a, a throwaway line as to what Snoke was, because I think that was a mystery that we all pondered for the longest time. And now the answer is just simply, oh, he's just a, a fleshy creation that Palpatine kind of drummed up to be like a force puppet, like a proxy is what they call it in, in the canon reference material. They called him a force proxy or something. And, uh, you know, it's sort of like, a, okay, well, so he was, I guess he was just whatever, right? But when Colin wrote this script, that's not who Snoke was. Like, Snoke was a guy, you know, like, you know, with a, with a story, like what, you know, what, like what Kirk was saying, like with a backstory, with a, some sort of origin. And I think it's interesting to think that, you know, and this is, isn't a bullet point here, but it's interesting to think maybe Colin had a plan for, like, who Snoke was and, like, if we would have found that out. And if we didn't find that out, how would they have told that story? Right. Um, I still like the uh, the version of Snoke that we got from the, the last mm -hmm. reading that we did where he was someone that uh, was a, uh, a Jedi who was pushed Nevada acid by everyone. <laughs> this is Alan Dean Foster's, <laughs> Alan Dean Foster's idea. <laughs> is Snoke you know what? Man? I'm actually... I'm going to make this comparison to episode three because the big villain that we were introduced to in, in introduced to in episode three was general grievous. Like we hadn't seen him in episode two. Obviously we had a bit of stuff in the, in the, in the animation later on. And, and we had a little bit in the, I think the 2003 animated movie, the 2d animated one. Uh, but general grievous was a new villain and he was in the movie up until like 20 minutes before the film ended. So like mm -hmm. he, he stayed throughout the whole thing. So yeah, if you're going to introduce new characters like this, I feel like they need to stay uh, for a little bit and they can't be the headline headline villain. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I So what is it for you then? Is, is, this, is this whole holocron Emperor Palpatine message for Darth Vader, him, Torvalum, all that stuff? Like we do, we going thumbs up or thumbs down for this? I'd still just prefer to have been Plagueis all along. <laughs> Yep, gonna be a slight thumbs down uh, for me. Slight thumbs down, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling that. Yeah, I'm feeling that, and I, I agree with you too. 
I, I feel like if they made if they made Snoke just Darth Plagueis or like some I don't know I don't really know what I want him to be but like it, it would have been cool if Torvalum was just replaced as like okay that is Darth Plagueis like he was waiting that whole time to like his his apprentice who tried to kill him in his sleep he actually didn't die he saved himself from death on, on uh, you know compared to what Palpatine's perception of events was that mm. he couldn't save himself from death but he actually could right and he survived oh. it and he waited this entire time mm. for this grand plan they had concoctioned together to come to fruition but knew that Palpatine would fail right and just waited this whole time to make his move once he was out of the way and the chosen one brought balance you know Plagueis thinks he can skip that event and just kind of comes in swinging and takes over and I think that's where they could have sort of taken the big main villain of the of the sequels or even of this movie maybe who knows what so. if instead of Palpatine being alive in episode 9 we find out that that was it's Plagueis pulling all that stuff and Snoke was a creation that he made out of metachlorians because he could do that see now that's also a cool idea mm -hmm. pretty wild uh, so here's another one. Kylo Ren would have destroyed Vader's helmet in anger. Uh, that is a very minor thing for the movie. <laughs> it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really important. change much. Yeah. It doesn't really change much. Although, uh, comparing it to the rise that of Skywalker, it's so much better. Yeah. <laughs> compared to the rise of Skywalker though, um, when him and Ray have that fight on Kajimi, I think is the name of the planet, right? Is it Kajimi? Kajimi or something. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, they're, it, like their lightsabers clash into his pedestal for the for the helmet, right? And the helmet clunks down to the ground, and I think he just leaves it there, if I'm not mistaken. It like lands in front of him, and he's he says, "So that's where you are." Yeah. And he just walks away, and he just leaves it there. So like I like the idea that he kind of destroys the helmet in an angry situation, whatever angry situation it may be. Uh, maybe it's after losing this, like, you know, dag of a cave-like force duel with Vader or something. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I kind of like it. I kind of dig it. Thumbs up, I guess. They have to be in the right context, I think. Yeah. I think there should have been, like, a whole five-minute scene of, like, the starship captain of wherever Vader's helmet broke. That guy goes up to Kylo being like, I told you to clean your room. Don't leave your stuff on the floor. And then Kylo would have been like, sorry, my bad. And then, <laughs> yeah. And he would have cleaned it up. Missed opportunity. I like this better than his rage moment at the computer console in episode seven. That always found a little goofy. Yeah. I, I think it'd be cool if he did it, like he broke the helmet, but then he immediately had like remorse. That he like and regretted it so you see like this massive shift yeah, yeah like of, a, like anger and then just just like, like upset frustration and, like, tears and yeah. yeah that he like destroyed this yeah. prized possession yeah or something right like like yeah oh uh, yeah i agree i kind of like that I don't know. it's fun to imagine okay here's another one uh general hux becomes chancellor hux and leads the first order from a political standpoint so they would have taken general hux made him the sort of like the political equal to kylo ren so Kylo Ren, he's, you know, he's, I guess, the military guy. He's the one that's the supreme leader. And he's got some guy, some schmuck handling all the politics for him. 
makes sense. You know, like I don't picture Ben Solo as a political leader, unlike Palpatine, who's a Sith Lord and a politician. Like Ben Solo doesn't strike me as that. So if they if they took the story to a galaxy wide kind of thing, and now the First Order is like expanded across so many more territories, we don't know how much longer this movie would have taken place after Episode Eight. It could have been could have been five years. This is could have been three years. Yeah, but this is after uh, Kylo usurped him, right? In eight and. Hux, if I'm not mistaken, episode eight was already becoming a a slapstick character, like a joke. Or was that only nine? Well, that was only that was only nine when he was like, I'm the spy. And you know. Yeah, but I think even bang. before that, like didn't Well, yeah, in episode eight, he yeah, he had that whole thing with I think Snoke like kind of whips his butt a little bit. He you know, like, you know, force pulls him and pushes him around the Star Destroyer in that opening scene. Yeah, opening. that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. And that uh, Poe makes him look like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, like, he was... Yeah. The problem is because he's... Because he, he, I think if we got episode seven, Hux, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Brian but Johnson sort be, of made a fool out of him, I guess. That's is what the thing saying. is now he's comical because of episode eight. So, to me, it'd be hard to take him as that character again. Right. So say, yeah, I agree on that. I think he lost lost it in the opening minutes of uh, the Last Jedi. Yeah, and I feel that actually I completely forgot about that um, Kylo Ren rage scene in the Force Awakens. And, and thinking about it now, it just feels really out of uh, out of place for like for Star Wars and more like something you'd see in a, in a Star Wars SNL skit. <laughs> <laughs> well, they made sure to do that a lot in their skits afterwards. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of neutral on this. I do like, if they needed a character to fill that void though, it makes sense that it would be him. I'm trying to think who else it could possibly be. I, I actually, um, agree with this. I feel like it would have been good to have Hux in this kind of role, but in order for this to work properly, sorry, in order for this to work properly, I can't speak today is that he would have had to be a little bit different in episode eight to take him a bit more seriously, I'd say. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah. Agree, I agree with that. Or, or even, I guess, uh, I'm trying to think, where, where was he at at, episode, at the end of episode eight? Did he kind of have a, a bit of redemption or he tried he knocked to, out by Kylo or something? Or? Yeah, like he tried to kill Kylo Ren when he was unconscious on the ground. You know, he reaches for his blaster and then Kylo Ren just like, oh, he, like he gets up and then yeah. he, his hand slowly moves away from his blaster again. So it was a bit, yeah, it was I, you know, actually, gross, yeah, right? it's kind of supposed to be a bit yeah. more comical, but yeah. I think that's the last time we saw him. And then the whole ground yeah. assault on crate happens. And yeah, I forget he... if he's there. I forget. Yes, if he's no, there. he's in yeah. the back of the, uh, in the ATST. Oh no, not, not the ATST, the, the massive crawler. He's in uh, one okay. of those, uh, is he like watching, he's uh, like, um, watching Kylo Ren go, yeah, now that I think, think of it. He, there's more comic relief with that. He's like, do you think you got him? And then doesn't mm. Kylo like oh, yeah. slam him against the wall or something? So like it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't even stop there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it just became completely slapstick through all eight. Yeah, it sucks. Like it, it, it could have, like they could have saved him. Let's say that scene when he almost killed Kylo Ren. Like if he pulled out like a knife or something and was like about to do it and then left it there and let's say his face is all bloody and everything. I feel like uh, it would have been cool to see uh him 
noticed that Kylo was considering uh, teaming up with Rey and then that would have really cemented Hux's idea that he's not the fit person to lead the uh, the uh, First Order. And then that could have gone into like episode nine and Hux would have been this almost revengeful, spiteful now leader of the First Order because uh, Kylo Ren's gone off on his um, advent- adventure, I guess you could call it, but still associated with the First Order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, this it would have been cool. This is turning to rewrite the sequel trilogy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, there's always room for improvement. <laughs> uh, so here's another bullet point. There would have been an increased emphasis on the battle between the Resistance and the First Order. And uh, I do like this a lot because in contrast to that, Episode Nine was very much a pursuit of, you know, let's solve the mystery of Ray's parents. Let's, uh, you know, do the whole Exegol Pasana thing. I'm trying to remember like what exactly they were trying to do. I think I think it was like, you know, they had that dagger. It was like, let's go find the dagger. Let's go find the Death Star. It was like a big J.J. Abrams mystery. Yeah, the Wayfinder. It was a big J.J. Abrams mystery box quest plot line again. And, uh, you know, I like the I like the idea that it wasn't that again. You know, I, I like it. I just think it's OK. How did they find out about it in the first place? I can't remember. Uh. And to I, set them on the quest? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I can't. I can't. I can't think of it. But, um, you know, I, I like the emphasis on the battle between, like, the Resistance and the, and, the, and the First Order. Because throughout the first and the second films, other than just the battles that took place, uh, you know, maybe there wasn't a whole lot of context for that. In fact, a lot of people were confused when episode seven rolled around and the relationship between the new Republic and the resistance confused a lot of people. Right. So I think having inf- emphasis on this plot line would have been a, a very much needed uh, piece of context for that trilogy. Mm-hmm. So if that's what it was going to have been the perfect, yeah, this would have been the perfect opportunity to kind of replicate the opening battle sequence in episode three. Yeah. Like something like that, some massive, massive war. Totally. Rather than, uh, rather than just people showing up. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree. And you know, I, it's like if that's what it was, if that's what this bullet point's referring to, you know, two thumbs up. Rose, Rose Tico, plays a larger role in this film, and she gets captured by the First Order and is tortured before escaping. So uh, I guess she escapes, like on. On her own, maybe, or maybe, maybe she gets rescued. I don't know, but uh, that's that seems to be a thing. <laughs> it's interesting, though, that it's so similar to what happened to Ray in Episode Seven. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, it seems like Colin Trevorrow had different ideas for these characters, and uh, how he would have handled Hux's character, I'm on board. Um, so, how he would have handled Rose's character could have been significantly better as well. And I'll leave it at that. Any 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 opinions from you guys on that one? I would say as far yeah, as... Yeah, I thought... Um, go ahead. This delay is really getting us. Yeah. <laughs> go for it, man. <laughs> I hear silence for like five seconds. Like, it's my time. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll start calling out names. <laughs> probably a good idea. All right, go ahead, Kirk. Uh, what on earth were we talking about? Oh, that's right, Rose. Rose. Um, yes. So, uh, uh, look, I, I think, again, it was really strange. And I remember like kind of laughing in theaters when Rose was like, I gotta stay behind and do some calculations for the original episode. Wouldn't have been much better. I, I kind of feel she should have just sacrificed herself at episode eight 
and 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 then finished up her uh Star Wars adventure there. But anyway. Yeah. Gonna give it a mid mid for this one. Mid. Alright, Blake. I think as far as the character, this probably will be an upgrade because she didn't really do much in nine. Kind of what Kirk, uh, Kirk was just talking. She was about. a real background character in nine. Uh, yeah, and I agree that with Kirk, uh, what he's saying that if she died in eight, what happened in nine? Like then it flows into nine a lot smoother. I forgot to add it's not in the bullet point, but I forgot to add they would have committed to the whole Rose Finn thing. Whereas in JJ's version, they were just like, oh yeah, we're just friends. You can keep keep going with what you're saying. Yeah. But. I would say with how we ended in eight, this, the uh, what we see, uh, or sorry, with Rose being more of prominent character makes sense to me. Yeah. But if you tweaked eight slightly, I think the nine we have would work well. All right. Cool, cool. Uh, here's another one. Kylo and Rey battle on the planet Mortis. Uh, using force energy and uh, this is a pretty sweet piece of concept art as well um, I don't uh, yeah I think it's towards the bottom of the list there's this almost like a throne room sort of thing of lots of pyramid shapes uh, Mortis is a mystical force planet that we were introduced to in Star Wars the Clone Wars and uh, has sort of become a new topic of conversation once more with the most recent uh, Ahsoka series which has presented live action depictions in statue form of the three uh, beings that used to live there, which being the father and the son and the daughter, uh, called the Anchorites, which are very high, high power level force beings. And their actions on that world affected the greater galaxy. And in the Clone Wars, Anakin kills the son, the daughter ends up dying and the father ends up dying as well because the sun kills him and you know the whole place ends up kind of disappearing around them and it's like was this real was it not that uh, wasn't a planet they were on it's like a giant pyramid planet space station thing it's yeah. yeah yeah it's like a it's like a world within a containment unit sort of thing because the father says like, like he so built this place to kind of keep his like like, like a kids contained, contained. Like yeah a, it's like, like a, a like a prison yeah TARDIS from Doctor Who. yeah exactly yeah so um it's very it's a very it's supposed to be a very strange place um but the idea being like they have this sort of epic duel um in this place which sort of has repercussions on the greater galaxy and i do like the idea a lot that whatever happens there sort of reflects upon the greater you know a uh, fight between good and evil in the greater galaxy i like that a lot uh, what I'm not so fond of. Sorry, and this is in the Clone Wars referring to. No, right here in in too, in right? this in this movie in the in Colin's script here it says Kylo and Rey battle on the planet Mortis and use mm -hmm. Force energy. So it seems like it seems to me like this would have been a really epic duel. Like they are they are at the heights of their power. You know they're using all the powers of the dark and the light, kind of the amplification of that world to their disposal, right? And you know clashing. In, in a in an in a duel of fates basically whatever happens here between the two of them one representing the saturated most chosen dark path you can get the other representing a very light sided pathway that you know very jedi oriented and uh them kind of clashing swords one last time i guess or maybe something like that right Mm -hmm. um, I like I like this a lot. I'm also kind of torn though because I don't really like the idea that Mortis is accessible 
after the Clone Wars arc that we saw and witnessed. You know, I, I like I like the idea that the that it existed and that it happened. I don't like the idea that you can just kind of get there. You know, and and that sort of does leave me wondering what they'll do in Ahsoka with all of these sort of Easter eggs that maybe, you know, there's some sort of connection to Mortis on Peridia or whatever. I don't really know if this is a place that anyone can go back to or not, but I just really hope that if this was going to be a thing, that they would have consulted Dave about it when writing the script, because he's ultimately kind of the guy, as well as George Lucas, who came up with the idea for all this stuff. So it kind of makes sense that they would have had some involvement there. And that's the only sort of downside slash risk that I, I think couldn't have been involved. You know, like with these movies, it doesn't seem like they involved anyone except the people that were directing and writing the film. And I feel like Dave would have sadly been left out of the loop. I do like the idea if they had involved Mortis, uh, not only would it connect to the, the larger lore of the force that isn't really discussed in the films, but it also would then connect an original idea from George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying. I think that would actually have been a nice touch. Yeah. What do you think about this, Kirk? Uh, this setting kind of reminds me of what we got at the end of uh, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, the, uh, the the game that came out earlier this year. Oh, yeah. I guess, spo- spoilers if you haven't played that, it was Cal and... Uh, Oh my goodness, I'm forgetting all the Cat Marin versus uh, somebody else that I will not name. Uh, but yeah, kind of that, that secluded temple on a rich planet. And I was quite well invested with those characters, so I'm not too sure how this would have played out. But I do agree with what you said in, in regards to Mortis being pretty inaccessible. They'd have to come up with a pretty good reason to why they could get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because in the Clone Wars, the whole reason why it shows up is the father is curious. You know, he's heard whispers that the Chosen One has been found. So he has to meet him for himself. And he gives Anakin the choice. Like, you can stay here and take my place. But if you leave, your selfishness will haunt you and the rest of the galaxy. Right? Like, that. that's sort of a, a, a warning that he leaves him, you know, before he he tries to ditch and so like maybe the, at that point yeah yeah like this place it seems to me like it, it, it's sort of under the control of the father like someone who's alive and you know able to kind of choose to reveal that place to to them at that time and and you know now that all those beings are dead and no one controls mortis anymore it makes me wonder is like okay does, is the place even accessible like that's kind of the main concern that i have Yeah, it looks like he's just opened, uh, the father's opened up Mortis for uh, space tourism or something. Yeah, well, it could just be that they're dead, so maybe the father lost control of its hidden capabilities or whatever. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Who knows? They'd, they'd, they'd figure it out. Here's another interesting one. Kylo reveals, probably during this duel, uh, Kylo reveals to Rey that he's the one who killed her parents. Now, that's a big change compared to what we do have in episode nine where it, it was Achi of <laughs> Bestoon. Yeah, yeah. So it turned out Achi of Bestoon, he's a Sith assassin. He was hired by Palpatine to kill Ray's parents because Ray's dad is supposedly a sort of bad clone of Palpatine. Apparently. 
um, and looks nothing like him. Right. This is the this is a canon. <laughs> this is the this is in JJ's movie. Yeah. Yeah. So like this version of the story, it's Kylo who's killed Ray's parents this whole time. He's been keeping that a secret to himself, and probably has a motive and a reason for doing that. We're completely out of context on this bullet point here, but like, do you like the idea that he killed Ray's parents? Feels really out of left field to me. It doesn't connect terribly well to episode eight with his line because he seemed very genuine in thinking that they were nobody just like It's weird that he knows scavengers. that though. It is weird that he knows that. It's like That's true. That there is were true. no one. There were pilots who sold you off for drinking money. And I killed them for absolutely no reason. Yeah, he leaves that part out. <laughs> <laughs> but <it's> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right though. It is it is kind of weird that's like, okay, if they it's were cool. just drunken people that sold Ray off for drinking money, it was like you know, and I, the craziest thing is like, I actually prefer that to the whole Palpatine plot line, obviously. Like, I like the idea that she was a nobody because mm. it was new, right? We'd seen the whole prophesized thing before and I love it. It's Anakin's story, but I don't want that again. And I like the idea that she had no lineage that was famous in any way whatsoever, that her power was literally from ground up, just born with gifts. You know, no prophecy ahead of her. This is a person who chooses to do what they want to do, you know, with the gifts that they've been given. And I like that idea. I like that her parents were possibly even just some bad people, you know, just not Palpatine level bad, but just like, you know, a bunch of scumbags. Right. I actually don't mind the grandchild of Palpatine thing. I'd, I'd probably tweak it for my own personal preference. Where... At like, if Palpatine wasn't back, for example, like she would find out that she was essentially the the daughter of a clone Palpatine, because that, that means technically she'd be the daughter of Palpatine, not the granddaughter, right? Mm -hmm. I think that in a concept is actually kind of cool. So, with the whole Kylo killing Ray, Ray's parents, then thumbs up or thumbs down. I think that might actually work better because then they'd have a reason for Kylo to be looking for Ray's parents in the first place. But then maybe he finds them and there are nobodies because he's not force sensitive. So I think it still would make sense. Hmm. So because we find out that her parents just ditched her and then didn't come back. Well, yeah, oh, but that's, that's the canon version. The, the canon version is they were going to come back to rescue her. And yeah, they did because they got killed. They were trying to lead Achi of Bestoon away from Ray, and sort of, you know, uh, sort of uh, psych him out a little bit and try and try and pull a fast one and you know be like, oh, you know, like psych, you know, we're over here and now we're over here. We read that book, right, yeah. The Shadows of the Sith, and they kind of made it seem as if she was left with the Unkar plot because they just needed her to just crash there for a bit. And they took off trying to lead Achi of Bastoon away from her. And then uh, they get killed and they ended up not being able to go back for her. Right. That, that, that's, the, that's the canon story, right? But then in that process, Achi of Bastoon also <laughs> ends up dying, ends up getting killed and crash lands on Pisana. Because that's where they find the ship. Because yeah. that's where they find the ship. Okay, I'm going to put on my writer's hat. And say, I actually would prefer a mashup of the two of them. 
where she is Palpatine's daughter of the clone Palpatine who escaped. But after uh, Palpatine's death, Kylo, uh, around the area of episode seven or just prior to that, would have been found out and was tracking them down. And he killed them and found out um, about Palpatine's, um, like a runaway clone, tracks him down uh, and finds out that they're, they're nobodies. He's not force sensitive, kills them, and then inadvertently knows who Ray's parents are. And I think that actually connects all of it together better. Hmm. But I'm not a professional writer. I'm just spitballing cool ideas. Interesting. Yeah, Kirk, what about you? What do you, what do you think of this? I don't mind the idea of Kylo being a little bit more interested in Ray for, for that reason. Although I don't understand how he may have killed her parents because they're pretty similar ages so either did he just recently kill them and after they escaped or did he kill them like maybe 15 years ago when he was a teenager and he just like went to the dark side or something who knows but then how would he know who ray is and her parents and everything like it just opens so many questions i i i like so why 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 did he kill him yeah i've got a lot of questions about that too like the motive confuses me because this is a bullet point right just completely out of context what i do like is it almost pays homage to the whole what girl you know thing in like episode seven he's got a he almost seems like it almost seems like he knows what who she is yeah you know he's like kind of almost semi-obsessed with like who this person you know like I want to say that my fan story would fit into that too. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm kind of neutral on this. I'm, I don't really know what to think about it. Um, I don't really care who care, killed Ray's parents, um, but it is kind of an interesting twist. It's Kylo on the one hand without thinking too deeply into it. No it almost way. makes the galaxy a little bit too small. I killed your parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I killed no. your parents. <laughs> I killed your father. Uh, here's another one. Luke, Obi-Wan, and Yoda try to convince Kylo Ren to join the light side of the force. This plays into the whole thing that I brought up earlier with uh, haunted by Luke's force ghost. It seems to me that this is another intervention and um, that's something that they try to do. Uh, I don't like the idea that Anakin's not mentioned here and having read the situation in which this script uh, transpires, uh, he is not mentioned like Anakin is not mentioned and this again. This is an early draft. So uh, I Actually, I'm, I think yeah, it's 20. I think Anakin this should have been Anakin just here yeah. like straight up Kylo mm-hmm. should have Looked at Darth Vader speaking to Darth Vader first and then like Hayden Christensen and said appear similar to like what we kind of saw in uh, Ahsoka mm-hmm. and uh, He should have been not just three Jedi like what are they gonna do to convince him? He's already so far on the dark side I think he needs someone from the dark side to kind of convince him that he's not doing a good old good old job Yeah, um, actually uh, just, just quickly I might mention the previous point about Kylo killing Ray's parents like uh, and I'm gonna go back What what do we think about like if Obi-Wan instead was Ray's lineage of some kind would that have made things weirder or like the un like the, the 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 hidden well or the unknown or the unrealized daughter that he didn't know he had, you know, with Satine something or like something that, like yeah. that. Satine protecting him by hiding her away to make sure that he's not, you know, banned from the Jedi Order because he chooses the Jedi Order and then it's like she finds out she's pregnant or something like that and 
It's like, okay. But yeah, yeah I, I do like that a lot. Um, and I fully embrace that if it weren't for the 29 year gap between episode six and seven, it would have worked. But it means that Ray would have had to have been in her sort of like fifties. Yeah. Or her late forties or, you know, early fifties or something I like guess that. It could, yeah. I guess it could be grandfather or something, but yeah. Grandfather could have worked. But yeah. Yeah, but I, I I don't like the idea of this Luke, Obi-Wan, and Yoda trying to convince Kylo Ren. It just, again, it seems like a Hail Mary, like that these three characters pop up to give him a chat. Like, what could they possibly say? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like it needs to be, uh, it needs someone to be that Kylo idolizes. Yep, it yeah. does. It does. It, he needs the Ahsoka treatment. I yeah, think he, so, too. I yeah, think... needs... Sorry, go ahead, Kirk. <coughs> no, I was just... No, that, that, that's all I was going to say. Okay. Well, I think we're all in agreement here, because I think the same thing. If we gotten kind of dave filoni's take that he did with ahsoka i think would have been the the coolest thing for yeah for kylo for sure um okay here's another one for you so kylo ren is then extinguished uh whatever that means <laughs> uh, i don't know if he loses a duel or what but he basically compared to a ben solo redemption moment kylo ren dies as a villain now, what is... Kylo Ren catches fire, and then <laughs> Ray pulls out a fire extinguisher. <laughs> oh, I won't let this happen again. Yeah. Kylo, yeah. you shouldn't have been cooking those Pop-Tarts. Kylo's cooking. <laughs> Left him in the toaster too long. Got jammed. <laughs> Damn it. I hate it when that happens, and he gets his lightsaber, and he does, like, that episode seven thing, and he, like, destroys just... a bunch of toasters. <laughs> Didn't all the Pop-Tart boxes start on fire? Oh, make a good Lego special. <laughs> Uh, uh yeah what, what what's what do you what do you guys like the idea of him dying as a villain committed to the cause no i think the, the character sure. sorry sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you kirk the i think the character is more interesting if he does continue that that struggle even if he embraces the dark side from the majority of this movie i think then it would, it's more interesting for him to have regrets in the in the final moments, mm -hmm. even if he dies. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about this one, Kirk? Uh, I think it would have been good for him to to die. Um, although, if he spoke to Anakin in, in I guess our case or Kylo and sorry, if he, if he spoke to Luke, Obi Wan, Yoda, and then I, I, I'm skipping ahead, but I think Han Solo was supposed to show up at some point. Mm -hmm. It would have been really just strange if he if he hadn't turned at this point. So right. I would have been okay with him dying as as he did, but yeah, it would have been like all the legacy characters trying to get this guy to stop being evil, and then it, he just dies as a villain. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, that didn't yeah. Work. I think yeah, they should have removed. So the Luke haunting thing, I, like I like that, right? But um, Obi Wan and Yoda, they should have left out of the picture because he has nothing to do with those characters. Yeah. Right. Um. So what he what he should have had is okay, Luke. Luke and Andy, he yeah. haunts him. You know, he toys with him. He tries to bring him back. Um, doesn't work. So now he gets round two. Anakin shows up. Right. The whole Torvalum Dagobah cave happens. He fights. Da he fights Darth Vader. Loses the fight throws a tantrum, kills Torvalum, right? But then it turns out that that vision was actually kind of semi-legit because the ghost of Vader that he was fighting is actually 
Anakin Skywalker's Force Ghost. And it's like similar to that whole Ahsoka thing that we witnessed in that show. And after Torvalum is dead and he's like steaming and furious about, you know, losing this duel to Vader, you know, he tries his best to bring it back. And it fails because of who he is. And that's what pushes him, you know, towards that last sort of, you know what, screw this guy. I don't like Vader. I'm going to kill his helmet. I'm done with him. I'm done worshiping this false idol who I thought would be, you know, help commit me to the cause. You know, this is all a lie. You know, I mean, you know, and Vader's no longer, at the, you know, an idol to him at this point. He just, you know, wrecks the helmet and fully just dives in, you know, commits to the whole villain thing. We've never seen anyone darker, so to speak, or more off the hook. And he just dies that way, right? And dies in the battle or whatever. Yeah, I'm like, it's, it's a pretty Wars. dark ending. It's a pretty yeah. dark ending, but like at the same time, it's like, we've never seen it before. And yeah. there's a lot of villains that die in Star Wars that die a villain. Dooku was never redeemed. General Grievous. Yeah, but he's not Maul. a protagonist along the the, uh, the the main, you know, family, right? The main whole saga of Star Wars. Right. So but, like, yeah. the problem is, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to avoid repeating what happened to Darth Vader and Return yeah. of the Jedi. But for it to be a good story that yeah. has a, you know, like a, a good ending and, and help children, you know, because at the end of the day, the, like George says, these are, these are stories for kids. That's what he made them for. May, well, maybe so maybe that can happen. Maybe that can happen. Positive ending that yeah. there's always hope. Maybe maybe that can ha happen. Like right before he dies, right before he's extinguished, after all this terrible stuff, then he kind of realizes how he was wrong, right? And then he gets extinguished. Or whatever. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like at his final moments. Yeah. I don't like the whole. I'm gonna be Ben Solo again for a quarter of the movie. Um, but I do. I don't mind like a quick redemption at the very end. And like whenever, yeah. whenever anyone talks about Darth Vader being redeemed, you know, I never picture an entire battle sequence with him being a Jedi again, right? Like it's always that. You were right, Luke. Mm. Tell your sister. Right. Yeah. So again, the issue is you're literally repeating what happened to Darth Vader. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it still works. The it's best. almost the only way that it can work. Yeah. Right. If, if that's what you're gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about this, Kirk? Ah, uh, this episode is turned into a. Uh, this episode nine has turned into a bit of a uh, <laughs> crazy mess. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't even. I don't even know what to do at this point because there's so many things I, I think we've already said would change and stuff. Um, I feel like, uh, yeah, it, it would be a little very dark if um, uh, Kylo Ren like just died and he was super evil and so he spent three episodes and nothing kind of happened with his character but also from like a storytelling perspective it he would have wouldn't have had much character progression at all if he just kind of ended the same way where he started um no no pun intended so yeah i feel like i'm gonna say i don't not a fan of this one would have been good that, that he had some type of redemption arc or maybe even did like a spider-man 2 type of thing and he like sacrificed himself in order for something to work out where dr mm, octopus uh, yeah yeah dumped himself in the ocean would have been maybe cool if Kylo did that rather than just being like, I am, I am good boy. He just, you know, <laughs> he just does something right. cool to save people. Kylo is I think even, free! Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think at one point as well, like during their battle, uh, Ray was supposed to go blind and then yeah. Kylo was 
then then like lost to um ray after she came back um but just using the full uh kanan and rebels um but it would have been cool if like still uh ray was able to to best kind of kylo but it didn't uh but she wasn't able to save whatever she was supposed to save i don't know what they would have been doing and then it was up to kylo's decision to 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 redeem himself mm -hmm. um although i completely hate the idea that kylo and and ray had some type of uh romance but i also remember here's another thing i also remember that apparently um pro dameron and and Ray was supposed to have some kind of yeah. romance in this, in in this, this last one? one. Well, in episode makes, seven, they absolutely. alluded to that. In episode seven, right? Yeah, which makes like yeah. no sense. Yeah, at the at the end of episode eight as well, uh, I think it was, they first met. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm thinking of episode eight, not episode seven. Yeah, because they didn't really even meet in episode seven. There's a romance there? I'm trying there, to remember. There, yeah, there's kind of like a bit of a flirtatious vibe with when, when Poe meets Ray for the first time. Right. Yeah, no, you're right, Kirk. Thanks for throwing that in about the whole blinding of the Ray. Um, that's not in the bullet points here. But yeah, the, between the fight of Kylo and Ray on Mortis or whatever, at some point he would have blinded Ray in the duel or something like that. Uh, so yeah, that's that's something something cool. I like that. I kind of like the blinding of Ray. It's again, yeah. it's a bit dark, but that's, it's like that's, that's cool. It's neat. Yeah. Given um, that uh, Colin Trevorrow did this uh, did this script, it would have been really cool if like a T Rex like jumped out and then <laughs> Ray had to like fight the T Rex. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so random. Uh, the Resistance and the First Order battle happens. Um, if I vaguely remember, I think this battle was supposed to take place in Coruscant, and uh, you know, from a different set of leaked bullet points that also had been referring to the script, uh, I believe Poe and Finn were supposed to be very. Uh, important figures of that movement as well as General Leia Organa who was also at the helm of this battle. Um, C-3PO and R2-D2 would have played a big part in this as well uh, in the retaking of Coruscant. Uh, in fact under the concept images you can find a um, uh, very very nice you know Carrie Fisher um, concept piece of artwork there and uh, yeah I, you know obviously the resistance wins and something that this bullet point leaves out that'll throw in is uh, under a previous summary that I've read before, um, probably the same one that you had read, Kirk, is uh, General Hux would have taken his own life at the end of the battle when the Resistance takes back the planet or something. And uh, I think it's like a Japanese way of how they did it in World War II. You know, they take their own sword and he would have done it with some sort of very decorative purple lightsaber oh, the sepu, like the seppuku or something that yeah right. yeah exactly and he would have done it with like a mace windu's lightsaber or some sort of purple bladed this is lightsaber. so this is so departing from any type of uh, yeah. any type of kids movie at this yeah point. yeah this yeah, yeah, just, yeah like, totally dabs himself yeah what do you think of that though like like the battle coruscant general leia i mean there's some artwork in there general hawks offing himself like what if we got Hux from episode seven through eight in, into this version of the film, I think it would work and it would be fitting to his character. But eight through such a curveball, it just makes no sense to me. Mm. Yeah, Kirk. Agreed. Totally. Yeah, I think the direction that uh, Hux took in the last one wouldn't really make this work. And you'd assume that this is what Colin Trevorrow would have done uh looking at the previous episode so i again yeah don't think it works mm -hmm. yeah I, I agree i think uh you know in part aside from the whole carrie fisher 
um, you know, death, of course, uh, which threw a massive curveball in the script because, uh, you know, it's something not listed here, but C Carrie Fisher would have been a very main large role in, in episode nine uh, throughout the throughout the story. But uh, something. Yeah, so, uh, something about the, the character, I guess, which, uh, you know, like you said, Blake, about the curveball being thrown in with episode eight. I guess that could have been another curveball, right? Like the episode eight, I think, was in itself a bit of a bit of a curveball for Colin to have to write with, right? Like, it's like okay, we got to write this in context with that movie. Mm -hmm. But he probably had a lot of this stuff in his head just based off of bullet points from the episode eight script, yeah. right? So before that movie was done, you know, he was already writing this and planning that out. And then the movie came out. It's like, oh, this guy's just an idiot. He's not serious dude at all. Like, Fox, yeah. you know, like you say, like none of this makes any sense with that version of the character, but it does with JJ's version of the character. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So, yeah. Here's, here's how they fix it, right? So in the opening moments of episode nine, you see Finn and he's covered in the suit and he goes, <gasps> and he wakes up and episode eight was all a dream. <laughs> 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 man what a what a curveball that was <laughs> and then they do like an episode 10 just to just because like episode 8 was actually episode 7.5 that's right yeah you know what actually that makes me think and I think um, and I don't want to be disrespectful at all to uh, Carrie Fisher and, and, and her family and everything but I think it would have been really interesting if episode nine may have started off with Carrie Fish. Oh, sorry, with um, Princess Leia's assassination or something. Mm. Like straight off the bat, she she's assassinated, which then prompts uh, the Republic and the Resistance to finally be in cahoots with each other, despite there not being much of the Republic left. Um, and um, um, and then that p pitches Coruscant as a battleground for war, and then this this puts it all off. Yeah, that'd be. I think that'd be interesting, but also I feel like it would have been a little bit sensitive just starting off with the main thing uh, being because of Carrie Fisher's, Fisher's passing. Yeah. yeah, it was very, uh, very recent. Right. Yeah. Sensitive issue they had to work around in episode nine, of course, yeah, you know, with, with, the, with the death of the character in that movie as well. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they had to uh, kind of make it make it work in a sort of the most respectful way possible. Yeah. And I feel like they achieved that. I feel like JJ actually did do a fairly good job. You know, they used un unreleased footage of outtakes from episode seven and kind of just hashed it together. They made it work. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's insane. It worked so well. It did. Yeah. And and like, you know, not to say like, I don't want to completely trash the, the writing around the dialogue that they had to work with because it was very cleverly done. But you could, you could, knowing that that's how they did it, you can almost tell now that when you rewatch the movie, like, oh, I can kind of see how that was sort of pieced together. And, uh, but, you know, I do like the idea that, or I, I like the fact that they were able to reuse that and they did avoid just doing a full CG double in the scenes that they didn't have her. And I, I, I did appreciate that a lot. So, I, you know, they worked with what they had and it came out the best possible way it could have been yeah, i think so too and honestly props to like the writing team and jj for sticking to that totally totally in this modern day and age where there's so much cg and stuff so easy to change things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah uh, not 
deciding to alter stuff and do a CG version to get the exact lines you want or whatever. Like props to like, sticking to the guns. Yeah. And you know, sticking to working with the footage they had. And speaking of bringing back actors, the last point on our list is Han Solo would have reappeared at some point during this movie. Uh, I don't, you know, I haven't read the script top to bottom yet to confirm this one, but uh, again, uh, you know, this is what this was something that we did get in episode nine in JJ's version. And I don't necessarily mind it in the context that he delivered the scene, you know, like it was all in Ben's head. It's not like he's a force ghost or anything, but he was like, it's all kind of in his imagination. And it sort of worked for me. Like, I was like, you know what? To bring this character back, it makes sense in his redemption arc to do that. And even though, you know, it's like, I, like I, I, that I think made his redemption work in that movie, in that version, right? Um, yeah, I agree. I, how it fits in this wacky script, um, I, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like we you know with, with Kylo Ren just committing to the dark side at the very end there who knows who knows if he did or not but, but like you know I don't know what 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 like what are your what are your thoughts on that no I agree with what you're getting at I'm not sure how that would fit on into this if he doesn't have any sort of redemption is he supposed to be just another member of the um no I'm blanking on the word that you forgot different scene like the intervention intervention Did, thing no here. different scene because that was a forced ghost intervention this yeah, is but, like a different but maybe, scene entirely maybe there's like multiple interventions that get more intense throughout the movie you know what I mean right you know I'm doing a keyword search on the script pdf for his name and it, and like it comes it comes up a few times in conversation um I'm trying to see if he has any yeah it does he's yeah, there's a, um, it looks like it might be some sort of vision or a flashback or something. It's on page like 80, 89, Kirk, if you got it there. Let's have a look. I think our page numbers are a bit off because your 48 was different. Uh, let's oh, have a look okay. here. Maybe what, page, what, what page number? 89? Page 89 or 90, yeah. If you just do like if a- If you're looking on the top right hand corner, yeah. Of the thing. Like what number does it say oh, on the page? Uh, 87. 87. Oh yeah, there's a bit of uh there's a bit of uh stuff here about Han Solo. How about I'll play uh I'll play Ben. Or I'll play Han Solo and you play Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, alright, sounds good. Let's do it. Uh from eighty seven? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, Han Solo stands in the doorway. He looks at his son with sadness and fear. What are you doing, Ben? That's not my name anymore. Your mother can't see you here. Not like that. Ben pulls his hood down. He's maybe 17. I'm not coming back. There's a greater destiny for me. There are lies, son. Empty promises. You have everything you need right here. What? You? Her? My master says I have unequaled power. Neither of you understand. Your mother understands more than anyone. She sent me away. To learn, to grow, to be Indiana Jones. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> 
I have grown. I don't know. It's it's it, it seems like a pretty it seems like a pretty similar scene to what we got. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Nice American accent, by the way, Kurt. Yeah, very good. Yeah, remind me to, to stay behind the camera and, and not to do voice acting. <laughs> I thought uh, Harrison Ford was in the room. <laughs> it's like Harrison is with us right now. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. It would have been like a flashback. It sounds like to me, young Ben having you know choosing to leave his parents would have really played homage to the scene where. Han and Leia sort of have a moment there. Uh, you know, in episode seven, at the very end of the movie, they kind of reunite again after a however long of separation due, due to this traumatic event. And, uh, you know, would have sort of touched on that story a bit. And I think it would have been cool to see Harry and uh, Carrie and, <laughs> and uh, Carrie and Harry again. <laughs> Harry, <laughs> Harry, yeah, Harrison and uh, Harrison and Carrie. Um, for, yeah, it would have been it would have been neat to see them together in a scene in in a different context and not so, you know, sort of like oh, our son's a villain, but more of like a family struggle sort of situation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like how did it get there? Would have been it would have been nice context. Be huge shift from the. You know, galactic troubles. Mm-hmm. Something a lot more intimate, which I think could have been nice. Yeah, absolutely. Something I completely missed at uh, the very start of this uh, of this podcast was the opening crawl. Oh, yeah, I was going <laughs> to remind you. Should edit this to the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I might. Yeah, I might uh, throw this in the beginning. Um, and you know, so I'll, I'll just I'll just read it now. Uh, the first page of the script is dated 12 16 16 so by the sounds of it this edition of the script was done uh or printed or whatever you want to call it december 16th 2016 that is eerily close to the release of rogue one very very close in terms of time frame timeline one year prior to the release of The Last Jedi, almost, maybe, yeah, one year exactly. So here it is. A long, long time ago, a long, sorry, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Episode 9, Duel of the Fates. The iron grip of the First Order has spread to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. Only a few scattered planets remain unoccupied. Traitorous acts are punishable by death. Determined to suffocate a growing unrest, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren has silenced all communication between neighboring systems. Led by General Leia Organa, the Resistance has planned a secret mission to prevent their annihilation and forge a path to freedom. And there you go. It felt short. It does feel short. Yeah, I mean, it is a rough draft. It's not the final draft. And again, this is all a take it with a grain of salt sort of thing. Uh, But... Based on the first page of the script, the movie would open up, of course, to space, a rich tapestry of stars reaching beyond all we know, and we see two sharp points of a space station enclose the sides of the frame as we drift backwards into the glowing rectangular entrance of a docking bay, and we uh, launch into the movie with, it seems, Rose and BB-8 
on uh, some sort of Kuat orbital ring. Uh, so we start on a space station, I guess. There you go. I thought Rose was in a, she was trapped or something. Yeah, I guess I guess this is where she gets captured or something. Who knows? I mean, uh, this is uh, it's kind of kind of interesting to flick through. I really want to do like a full read through of this thing because going off of the bullet points is one thing, kind of getting it all in like the story context is is another. And uh, having gone through all of the bullet points now that we've got, you know, uh, do you guys have any things that we left out that maybe you've heard from other? iterations of reviewing this thing or you know we talked about the blindness thing uh, the hux suicide and all that stuff but like yeah anything come to mind that may have not been brought up yet characters to mention uh, i can't i can't think of anything off the top of my head i think we mostly covered everything um i'm looking at some pictures here of finn being some type of uh captured slave on on Coruscant I think I have to read the script to understand how that came to play but I'm kind of glad that none of that type of stuff happened it seems a bit uh it seems a bit off <laughs> mm, yeah I think uh oh yeah I think in, in another summary point I think at one point there was some sort of Star Wars version of a guillotine they would have executed someone in public on Coruscant uh that oh, was yeah. I believe that's also in the story somewhere uh, yeah, oh. I'm not sure. Just going through some of the artwork. Uh, Kylo sucks the life force from a tree. Oh yeah, that's a like that's part of the Torvalum section. I think he I think he gets him to do that for some reason. That's cool because it's like Kotor, the yeah. second one. He, he does. Character does that. Nihilus. Oh Nihilus, yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. able to like absorb the force essentially, like suck out the life force. Right. Instead. Well, that's essentially what Palpatine does to Ray and. Ben at the very end of the right. JJ version, so it's kind of reminiscent of that as well. It makes me wonder if JJ read this script, you know, and sort of maybe took some things from it. And goes like, oh yeah, oh. we'll put that in our movie. If uh, this is real, if sure. yeah, if it's real, yeah. Uh, here's the, here's another piece of concept art though. Chewie grabs this knight of Ren, throws him into the air, and shoots him out of the sky like a clay pigeon. Uh, that's what it, the ca <laughs> that's what the caption is. Um, we I'm didn't, sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't talk at all about the Knights of Ren. Uh, but so far, there's no bullet points in regards to sort of what happens with them. Um, doing a keyword search in the script just to kind of come up with a, with a quick answer as to if they can show up or not. Uh, they do show up verbally. There's a character called Admiral Vaughn who says, alert the Knights of Ren. And there is a mention of them later in, or it's pretty early on in the script, actually, on page 15. And uh, they appear with their ship. And uh, they are dispatched by Chancellor Hux to eliminate somebody, possibly Ray. It sounds like she has a confrontation with the Knights of Ren, uh, along with Poe. That's just what I'm scanning through here. Uh, they're, uh, oh, I found uh, flash the scene where it flashes to the Knights of Ren in the rain. The image from Ray's force vision when she first touched the lightsaber. A distant child screams. Uh, so it would have gone back to that Knights of Ren scene with Kylo Ren in the rain and touched up on what that was all about. 
because in the version that we got, we don't know what that was all about, right? Like all that stuff that she witnessed in the fourth vision, like this script would have actually addressed that stuff, which is kind of cool. So there's a lot more here. Like there's definitely a lot more here to talk about. It's just, we don't have the bullet points and that's why I'd like to do like a full kind of read through at some point and you know, we'll, we'll try and make that happen. But uh, you know, just kind of like off the top, I guess we can probably wrap it up here, but Pablo points and Pudus. <laughs> uh, three Pablo Pudus is the absolute worst of the worst. Moving up from there, we got two Pablo Pudus, one Pablo Pudu, and then Bendu. Bendu's 50% score. And then Pablo points. Uh, one Pablo point is good. Two Pablo points is great. And uh, three Pablo points is the best of the best of the best. So uh, maybe, Kirk, we can start with you. Uh, what do you rate this potential episode nine, just as it is from the bullet points? What do you give it? I'm going to give this probably a one Pablo Pudu. I'm going to, I'm going to rank it at, I think there are some good ideas in here, but I still think that this uh, version suffers from some issues with the previous films and also uh, introduces some new ideas, which I think are just for the sake of introducing new ideas and uh, won't properly be explored because it's the last episode so mm -hmm. yeah that, that's where i would have been better but i don't think i would have enjoyed watching this just any more than i did what came out in theaters fair enough blake yeah i think i have to agree with kirk like there's there's cool stuff but at the same time i think there's you still run into a lot of similar issues of stuff that i wasn't happy with with the current nine so i'm yep. tempted to say bendu but i think I'm going to follow the trend here and say one Poodoo. I'm going to say uh, one one Pablo Poodoo as well. Uh, I think that's a pretty fair score. Uh, you know, I think there's definitely some lingering sort of unresolved things of this early draft that definitely could have been refined or removed from the final one or changed completely. Uh, I do like the fact that it is a, it seems to be in a very authentic sequel to episode eight and episode seven right like it doesn't seem like it's a story that's completely out of left field uh and you know but i'm not overly fond of some of it although some things although are pretty cool and like in the context of that trilogy as as a singular trilogy it seems that some of these things kind of could have worked a little better especially the double blade lightsaber um it's the most important part <laughs> most important part um here's a uh, big question though. yeah yeah here's the big question though like does, do you like this better than The Rise of Skywalker, Kirk? I am going to say yes right now. And I guess we'll leave this discussion for another day. But yeah, The Rise of Skywalker is probably the only Star Wars film I've watched in theaters and been like, yeah, I wasn't too much of a fan of that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Blake, what about you? It's got some cool elements that I think I may uh, like better. Uh, just as far as like comparison of like story ideas, but I think it has some bigger holes um, as far as like wrapping up everything. So I think from the points we read, I haven't actually read the details. I probably stick to what we got. So you stick with the Rise of Skywalker? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I do think I prefer this version. There is lingering things about it that I don't like. I, I also think the Tor Valum thing, just as it is from the bullet points, from the script, could have been improved and worked on. And I think that's definitely a sort of a, a sore thumb for me to kind of digest whenever they bring in such a 
ancient important character like that and but going off of what we got i mean i think i still prefer it to bring it back palpatine i really did not like the resurrection of palpatine at all i, I feel like in every continuity of star wars it's never really worked for me that well and uh you know quite frankly this script really deserved anakin skywalker coming back i think that was also a big big no-no for me but um, in jj's version we had anakin skywalker like you do hear him in ray's head okay yeah we just didn't see him. we just didn't see him but yeah. then again we didn't see anybody except for luke right so it's like we didn't see yoda we didn't see all those voices that she heard in her head and uh you know i think i don't know if that was in the script from the beginning or if that was a last minute let's just throw it in but uh it's ironic that the jj abrams version had anakin and this version does not so uh yeah i think uh there's some things i didn't like but yeah i don't, I don't know i'm torn i'm torn but i think i do like majority of this plot line just a little bit better uh that seems to be it so um fellas thank you so much for coming on again and uh Kirk, welcome back <laughs> and good uh, to be back <laughs> <laughs> and blake we'll uh we'll see you guys in the next one see you out there keep flying All right. Thank you so much to all our listeners for tuning in thus far. I mean, this was a bit of an extra long episode, but, uh, you know, Duel of Fates, big one. Could have, what could have been with a grain of salt. Uh, so at some point we're going to do that full read through and, you know, being a movie script with no visuals, I feel like uh, going through that shouldn't actually take too long, even though it's 130 pages. It's, it's not exactly a very detailed page like a novel. So uh, maybe we'll do that at some point. Sound effects, music, the whole thing. The whole shebang. But uh, welcome to uh, another great episode of Star Wars Escape Pod and another great, another hundred to go. All the ways to reach us in the description below. Make sure you check all those links out. May the force be with you and we'll see you in the next one.